the Lamb of God? Is he worthy? Oh, yeah. I'm excited today. Anybody excited? You say, when I said I'm excited, everybody's like, what's new? <laughs> I'm very excited. You know why? Because God is a God of the second chance. Come on. 2017, adios amigos. Come on now. 2018, it's going to be a new year, a new day. How many know that God is excited about this new year too? He is because he's always given chances. You know, he's into doing things new. He likes new stuff. Like my new sneakers. I don't know if he likes those, but I like them. Santa was good to me. But he's into new things. And we can see it through just even nature. You look at spring, summer, and fall. God's always changing things and making things beautiful. And he's never boring, is he? God's always an awesome God. You know, I love going to the Oregon coast. You know, more than likely you will be cold and it will be wet. But it's always beautiful, isn't it? Even the, the craziest storms, it's beautiful because God, every day, is doing portraits in the sky and new things. And he wants to do something new in our lives. You know, his, the Bible says that, Behold, I do a new thing, and shall you not know it? You know, in Revelations, Jesus, you know, God does new things all the time that he's going to finally, when it's all said and done, he's going to do a new thing in this earth. And in Revelations uh, 21, it talks about how he's going to do something new. And I just want to just say that because I believe he wants to do something new in your heart today. Why don't everybody just put your hand on your heart today? Just put your hand on your heart and say, God, do something new in me. Do Create something new in my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now give him a hand clap because he's going to do it. Hallelujah. He's going to do it. He's going to do a new thing in our heart because he is into creation. He likes taking things that are shaggy and, and ripped up and messed up and make them beautiful. He likes taking ugly ducklings and turn them into swans. He likes taking a messed up life and making it right. He likes to take somebody all turned down and messed up and move them into a right place because God is a restorer. You know, even at the very end, and I'm just read this scripture because it's uh, um, uh, in Revelations, it talks about um, in Revelation 21.5, this is at the end of time of everything. So he's going to be doing new things all the time in our life now. But ultimately, he's going to change the whole system all the way around. It says this, he who sits on the throne said, who sits on the throne? Jesus Christ and God the Father. He says, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write these words down. They are true and they are faithful. God loves to make change. He wants to make a change in our life. I know that um, the reason why I'm excited because this is kind of my birthday. You can say happy birthday. It's not really my birthday, but hey, sorry, I got y'all. But it's my birthday because for a New Year's resolution, 36 years ago, 
I decided I was going to give my life to God because I was so messed up and so hurting. I said, for New Year's resolution, I'm going to give my life to God. Come on, 36 years ago. Resolutions don't always work because I know I still gain a weight here because I made a couple resolutions recently about weight and everything else. They don't always work, but when it's something about your heart with God, God's in it. And I know that um, when I, before I um, gave my life to the Lord, what I did is um, I said, you know what? Since I'm not going to drink no more, I'm not going to smoke no more, I'm not going to snort coke no more, I'm not going to do none of that stuff. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do my last big thing. So I went to a party, and I was drinking, and I was smoking, and I was even, you know, you guys, Pastor Andrew, you say, Pastor Andrew, we, you're our pastor, and you did all that? Yes, I did. I actually was snorting cocaine that evening. And I had a, brother, a brother-in-law that was there at the, um, the party, and I wanted to fight him because he beat up all my brothers while I was in the army one at a time. And I was like, I could whoop him. And so the whole night I was drinking and snorting and doing things. I said, I'm going to whoop this dog. I'm going to fight him. And we were like calling each other on the whole night. But thank God I never fought him because more than likely I, he would have whooped me. And I probably still have bruises today. But in my foolishness and my craziness, I said, I'm going to do my last thing. I'm going to do everything I can because I know that God will be able to take my life and change my life. And, that, and people would even say at the party, what are you going to do for New Year's? Something, well, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start running. You know, I'm going to work out. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to you know, get a new car. I'm going to do all these things. What are you going to do, Andrew? I'm going to get saved. They're like, ain't no way, bro. You ain't going to get saved. I'm going to become a Christian. He goes, a Christian? Nah, that ain't happening. I go, no, you watch, I'm going to. So I humbly that following Sunday went to a small little church, kneeled before the altar and said, Jesus Christ, if you will take me and you will forgive me of my sins, please come in my life because my life is messed up. Will you take my life? And guess what he did? Woo-wee! He did it. He came into my heart and he changed my life and I've been a new creature for 36 years. Come on. I was brought up in an alcoholic family, but after God saved me, you know, some people, they, they, they take a long time. It's a process, and, I, and God, God help you. He will help you. Sometimes it is a process to get delivered, but for some reason, God delivered me. Within two weeks, I was totally, completely dry from drugs, alcohol, and smoking. And smoking is one of the hardest things to quit. Because I tried off and on all my life. Because I smoked when I was 11 years old. You say, Brother Andrew, you smoke? Yes, I did. I smoked 11 years old. My mom let me. Like, what kind of mom is that? That's just the way we roll. I broke my collarbone when I was 12 years old. And I was in the hospital. My, my mom said, hey, I bet you would like to have a cigarette right now. And I said, I would. you imagine that, 12-year-old? I said, I would. They said, what? I said, I would. So she didn't say nothing. I get home. I'm in pain. I, have a, I don't know if you all had, anybody ever had a broken collarbone, but it hurts. And it doesn't get any better because you can't put it in the cast, but it hurts. And, and my mom said to me, do you, want, do you still want a cigarette? I said, yeah. So I got a cigarette and lit it up and started blowing smoke rings like this. 11, 12 years old. Her boyfriend goes, Die! 
I can't even do that. How are you doing all that? Because I was so used to already living in sin and the, the way of life that I had, and I needed a change. But God delivered me from cigarettes. I could say I have not smoked, I have not drank, I have not snorted for 36 years. Come on now. Hallelujah. And I know, I know, I know um, some people are, what do you call them, sipping saints, where people do sip and drink, and I don't have nothing against you if you do stuff like that. It's just ain't my role, because why? Because I'm from an alcoholic family. Why should I sip, and somebody gets saved, and they see me sip, and they sip, and they end up going back to their old way? I don't want to do that. And I'm very thankful for what God has done in my life. And he brought a change. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. The old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And that's what Jesus did. He came into my life and he became new. And I believe that God is going to do a new thing in all of our hearts. God wants to do stuff. You say, well, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do that. But you know what? God wants to change us to make us better. To make us better Christians, better husbands, better fathers, better mothers, better sons, better daughters. God wants to put a change in our life. The Bible says that we're renewed by the renewing of our Holy Spirit, which he sheds upon us abundantly. God doesn't want us to be in the same place, in the same level where we've been throughout this year. And if you had a good year, that's awesome. But guess what? It's going to get better. Because the Bible says this. Jesus saved the best wine for when? Last. He was at a, he was at a, a marriage, and it said that um, uh, they ran out of wine, and his mom said, hey, uh, can, you, can, you, can you hook these brothers up? They're out, of, they're out of the juice. They ain't got no juice right now. He says, why do you call on me before my time? So said, okay, well, we'll do it. Get these bottles out, and he turns these bottles into wine. And the, the head person of the wedding said, when he drank it, he said, usually... You always save the worst for last because after people drinking and eating, they don't even think about it. But you save the best for last. And I believe this. If you allow God to do the things that he wants to do in our hearts, as we all allow him, as we get a fresh start in 2018, that God's able to change and make, give us the best for last. How many want the best? Come on, man. I don't, I don't think we need to have what we had last year. I mean, it's good, and I'm thankful. And here's one thing I can say right now. I'm going on my seventh month here, my wife and I, and I say I'm thankful and I'm honored and I'm blessed to be here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hallelujah. But I believe God wants to bring us to a place that is a different plane than what we're at. I believe we're at a crossroads in our destiny, in a crossroad, in our own personal life, that God wants to do major things in our life and bring a wonderful change. But the thing is, we don't want to be like in, in uh, Elijah. You remember Elijah, when he was being taken up, the Bible says that he was being ready to took up. He had his servant, Elisha. Um, he was um, watching him. And everywhere he went, he says, I'm going to Jordan. Just stay here. So I can't stay. I'm following you. I'm going wherever you go because I know something's going to happen. Went to three different towns. He said, stay there. Do not come. And Elisha said, I'm going with you. Why? Because I'm a, I know that there's a change ready to come. There's a change coming. And I don't want to miss this change. 
And I'm going to follow you no matter what. You know, the Bible says that there was 50 other prophets. They were questioning him, saying, don't you know that Elijah's going to be talking up? And he says, yeah, I know that, but be quiet because I'm going to be sticking around. I ain't letting this go because I want to have what he has. The 50 prophets, you know what they did? They stood afar off and watched. They knew that Elijah was a man of God. They stood afar off and they were watching but they were not getting in it. They stood afar off. And here's what I, what I would say to us as Salem First. Let's don't just stand back and go, oh, yeah? Let's see that. You want to be that one? Or do you want to be like Elijah where he says, no, I'm following him wherever you go. And then finally Elijah, Elijah said to Elijah, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion. I'm like, he's asking bold, ain't he? So I want, I want what you got times it by two. Why? Because we got a big God and he could do even greater than what he did in your life. He could do it in my life. And Elijah said, you ask a hard thing, but if you see me when I take off, when I hit, the, hit those jets on the chariot of fire, as I've got my lean on ready to head up towards heaven, if you see me, then God's going to give you what you ask. And the Bible says that Elijah saw him, and he said, Father, Father, and he dropped his cloak, and he took his cloak, and when Elijah was gone, he went to the Jordan, and he tapped the water, and the Bible said the seas opened up immediately for him. Miracles started happening. Why? Because he knew that God was able to change, and God was able to give. And all those 50 prophets said, what? They came by Elisha, and they bowed down before him, and they said, hey, you got something. And we're going to honor you because of what you got. But those 50 that were there longer than Elisha, that weren't just a servant, I don't ever hear about them again. But Elisha actually formed twice the amount of miracles that Elijah did. If you look in your Bible and count them, you'll find that out. But it was a change. It was a good change. God's able to change. Well, I, like, I want to talk a little bit about a story, Ruth. How many have heard the story Ruth before? It's a good story, isn't it? It's only four chapters. It's a very interesting story because the story of Ruth is about Ruth and her sister, Oprah, and Naomi. You know, first, first Naomi went, you know, they heard there was a famine and they went to a country and she lost her husband. Her two, sons, her two sons who married Moabite women, they died, and she comes back, and she's on her way back home, and they get to the fork in the road, and they say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is, she says, I don't want you to follow me no more. Why? Because I've suffered so much, I felt like the hand of God was against me, and look at me where I'm at. And what happened? So he, she, tells, she tells them to both leave. They cry. They ask, you know, they cry and, you know, want to stay with her. She said, no, I can't do it. Even if I got married again and had kids, you ain't going to wait long enough to have, you know, my husband, as a husband, you guys would be like, you know, 80 to a 20. So what happened is that Oprah, Oprah left. But Ruth said something that I believe that we need to say in order to see what God really wants to do in our lives. This is a commitment. And it says, again together they wept, and Ophrah kissed her mother-in-law. And I'm in um, 
Ruth 1.14, and it says, But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. But Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. And your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And, whoever, and wherever you die, I will die, and I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I not allow anything but death to separate us. Is that a committed person? Come on now. Man, nowadays people get married, they got a, you know, all kinds of contracts saying if it don't work, I get the car, you know. No commitment. But this Ruth had such a commitment towards her. She was a Moabite, and I was like, I was wondering, why did she want to be so bad with Naomi? First of all, did you know the Moabites... They were banded from the, just the assembly of God for the ten generations. As you read in Deuteronomy 23, it talks about because of their um, idolatry and they didn't welcome the Israelites when they came out of Israel. But they were banded for, for ten generations to even be apart. But Ruth, but Naomi, and Ruth saw Naomi, and even though the time was hard, she says, I'm going to depart. Ophrah said, you know what, I'm going back to home because it's so much easier. Hanging around with you Christians, it's a rough time. How many know when you become a Christian, it don't always get easy, does it? Sometimes being a Christian, it becomes rougher than ever. You know, people, I've had people come say, I just got saved and now I lost my job. I can't do this, I can't do that. So welcome to Christianity 101. We had a friend, we had a person we led to the Lord in Hillsboro and Two weeks after she found out she was led to the Lord, she found out she had cancer in her stomach. It was so bad that they cut out her stomach and, and some other parts of her body, and she was dying of cancer in 10 days after giving her life to the Lord. What I say is, hey, praise God that God gave her a chance that we went out there and ended up leading her to the Lord. And we walked through her through the whole process. It took a few months, and she ended up dying. We actually were in the apartment when she gave her last breath. But her husband, when, when her husband called people to tell, and these people didn't know nothing about Jesus before that, but because they committed their life to God and surrendered to God, when they called, when they, uh, he would call and tell people that his wife was gone, he'd say, Florida is in heaven. Florida is in heaven. Come on now. We have a hope. We have something worth to be committed to. We have something that's worth living for, and that's called Jesus. And he had, they had a hope for that. So Ophrah left saying, no, it's too hard. But Ruth stayed. And I, and I was thinking, I was thinking we, need, we need more people like Ruth here at Salem First. How many know that? Anybody named Ruth here? All right, come on now. But we need more Ruths. Not, not just females, but male Ruth, people that are going to say when it's time to give their life to God or when it's time to face a new year, when things might get rough, when things are tough, that we're going to say, no, I don't ask me to leave, to turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. We need people that are willing. Do you know that so many people will try and distract us and put things on the side so we will not be dedicated to God? But we need to have a stubborn heart like Ruth, but she had a humble, stubborn heart. And, and even though God isn't mentioned through this whole four chapters, you know, where God did this, God did that, people mentioned the Lord, but God wasn't even mentioned in this, these chapters, but the Lord was weaved 
all through these chapters, when she followed Naomi, she said, she has a God that I'd not known before. I'm going to follow her, and I'm not letting no distractions. That's my sister, but guess what? Sometimes, even above your family, you better just say, I'm determined. I'm going to follow God, and I don't care what it takes. And she followed him, and what happened is she ended up, you know, working in the fields, uh, gleaming the barley, and she ends up hanging out with Boaz. And we know the story. The story ends up where she ends up um, marrying Boaz. And what happened with that is that Boaz, when they got married, had a child. And the child um, became the, um, the parent of Obed. And Obed became the parent of Jesse. And she ended up being the, the great-grandchild of David. Is that crazy? She didn't even know God. She was a Moabite. But because she was just a servant, serving the Lord with the integrity and the loyalty to serve somebody who knew God, trusting in God, that she made a difference. Her life now is she's in the the genealogies of Jesus Christ himself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to enter in 2018 and just do the same old, same old. I don't want to just be oh, this is the way it is, I'll go to church, I'll sit around, I'll do whatever I want, but I want to make a difference in my life and see us as a church make a difference in our lives that generations from now, that people will know that we have been in in this hood, okay? You've been in Salem. That Salem first has been a part and made a difference in generations to come. How many want to make difference in generations to come? Hallelujah. And the only way we could do that is if we surrender and be committed to God. And I'm not saying that we're not surrendered already, but how many know that we could go even further? Amen. How many know that we could increase our prayer life? How many know that we could start reading the Bible and get it on a regular basis? How many know that we could love people more than we've ever loved before? How many know that we could be a part of the work of the kingdom of God and be a part where we'll make a difference in generations to come? Hallelujah. God wants to challenge us. He wants to help us. You know, a lot of times what happens is that what, what happens is what we miss, we miss the, the destiny and the purpose of God because of a couple things. One, you know, you always have hindrance. You have people that are trying to take you from it. The cares of this world. I mean, how many know? You've got to feed the kids, right? But, you know, you can still see God and feed the kids. You can still see God and still uh, do the things that you need to do. But one thing that will hinder us, too, is sometimes just our own laziness. Oops, Brother Andrew, you said lazy. Ain't nobody, no. Look, this, a lot of people ain't here today, so we'll just say, listen to the tape. This message was for you, okay? That wasn't for you, but, uh, you know, the soul of a sluggard. You know what a sluggard is? The word sluggard comes from the word slug. Anybody ever seen what a slug does? They don't go too fast, do they? We go up on our porch at night, and you see a slug right there. You go up, slip, go eat dinner, you know, do what you do, sleep, come back, and, and he's only about that much further. He, he didn't get too far. And then my kids, sometimes, you know, they were kind of evil at times. They'd want to throw salt on them. And you know that hurt. 
But the Bible says the soul of the sluggard, they desire, they say, I really want to do this. I really want to have a prayer life. I really want to be changed. I want to do things for the kingdom of God. They desire, but they have nothing. But the soul of the diligent person shall be made rich. When we put it to work. The one thing about Ruth that I found that what made her so great, she was a hard worker. She went in the field and they said, this lady's working. She's not playing with men. She's not trying to do the, the, the lust thing. She ain't trying to get popularity. But she's working. And actually, she only took one break today. Because she was working. Knowing that she was honoring her mom and help supplying food for, her family, for their family. So a soul of the slugger desire and have nothing. Do you know the Bible says in all labor, there's profit. But the talk of lips, it only tends to penury. It only leads to poverty. We can talk, you know, how many, how many know that people say, I'm going to do this, 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 and 20 years later, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You ever seen that before? I know I said it myself, I'm going to do this. I'm like, dang, I didn't do it yet. But it's going to take work, it's going to take diligence. And I believe that as the fork in the road where Oprah said, I'm just going back home. This is too hard. But Ruth chose to go the way of God, and it took work, and it took loyalty, it took humility, it took obedience to the people of authority over her. She obeyed her mom to every detail that that's why she ended up hooking up Boaz, because his mom said, man, put on some nice clothes, get the smell on, go sit at his feet. She said, I'll do everything you tell me to do. And guess what? Bam, mom, it worked. I'm getting married because I obeyed and honored my mother. God help us. We need more Ruth that are willing to submit to the kingdom of God, that are willing to be committed 100%, that will be willing to say, hey, nothing's keeping me from the destiny of God, and I'm going to be a better person. You know, I, I thought it was amazing that, you know, as I was looking up, some words about sluggards, you know, there's a lot of them in Proverbs, man. You read Proverbs, man, you'll be, you'll be fine. Though. But you know what he says to a sluggard? He says, go to an ant, thou sluggard. Consider his ways, and you'll be wise. What do you think that means? Ants always busy, ain't it? They're all moving back and forth. And one thing I learned about Salem, you guys got some ants. My wife says, an ant, ah! I'm like, man, we're going to get rid of those. I don't think so. You live in Salem. We're going to try. But he said, go to an ant, thou sluggard. Ants are always moving, and they're strong, aren't they? They carry things to like five times their size. Where are you going? I'm preparing for the winter. They don't have nobody leading them, nobody directing them, but they're wise because they're supplying the need, and they're diligent. They're not just, the ants, I don't know if they talk or not, but they ain't just talking about it. They're doing something with it. God, help us. Help us to make a difference this year. Help us to make prayer meeting. I think, I think everybody should go to prayer meeting at least once a month or twice or something. Six in the morning, I know that's early, but guess what? Jesus rose up while it was still dark. They said, where's Jesus at? He's praying because he knew how vital and how important it was to get a hold of God. I believe as we get unity, as we grab together, as we ask God to just continue to touch our hearts and move in our hearts, because there's a work to do. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot to even give my announcement about fasting. Brother Andy, you want to talk about fasting? Man, I'm, I'm ready to put my grub on tonight. I'm making clam dip, so guess what? I'm going to be eating too. And I make the bomb clam dip. Yeah, yeah. But check it out. We're going to fast. Actually, we got a fast coming up. You know, a Daniel fast, it's on Wednesday, and I'm going to do my announcement in the middle of the thing because I think it's part of the change that God wants to do and help us in this church. As we pray together, as we seek God together, as we work together, as we love together, as we play together, as we gather together. God just doesn't want us to be a social club, but he wants us to make a difference in the world and in our own personal life. Can anybody say amen to that? Come on now. But check this out. We're going to, on Wednesday, January 17th, we're going to talk about the Daniel fast, talk about fasting. We'll teach it two, two Wednesday consecutive, Wednesday 17th and the 24th. And then from the 24th to the 31st, we're going to, guess what, put the words that we're hearing into practice and we're going to fast. How many say yay for that? All right, all right. And it'll be, trust me, I, it'll be easier than you think because the Daniel fast is, 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 will explain it. It'll be right. It'll be okay. And even for seniors, if you have medicines and everything else, we'll talk about all those things. And not only do I'm thinking about if we can't, if some of you seniors can't make it on Wednesday, how about if we bring some of that study to wherever you're at so you can get to do it? Because we all could be a part of joining together, making a difference in this community in our lives. How's that sound? Come on. So anyway, we're going to do a Daniel fast. And the reason why is because we know that time is running out. We're in the year 2018. I don't know about you. Remember when 2000 and 2000 was coming out? The year 2000? Remember that? We're like, it's going to be the end of the world. The, uh, the computer's going to crash and all the cars and everything's going to be bad. And I mean, and you see, I used to always go to um, watch night service on, on um, New Year's because you just pray in the new year, but I'd be like, man, I ain't going out that day. It's going to be chaos. 18 years later, still hasn't happened, but guess what? We're 18 years closer to the day of Christ. Amen. He's coming back. He's coming back for a church, for a bride that's glorious without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a lovely church. He's coming back for a beautiful church. Satan first is one of them. He's coming back for us. But in the meantime, we need to be ready, be alert, be ready. Be, when you see these things come into hand, it says don't be looking down, but look up for our redemption draws nigh. Jesus is coming, and we are ready, and we want to be, continue to be ready and bring as many as we can with, with us. You know, he, he's in the change. You know, the Bible says um, that, that if it wasn't for the Lord's mercy, we'd be all be consumed right now. But his mercies are renewed when? Every day. Every morning, God's mercies. I believe God's being merciful to us and he wants to draw us and he wants us to be at that fork. And it's a fork of decision. Oprah, Oprah said, I'm going this way. But Ruth said, I'm going this way. She didn't do anything fantastic. She didn't get out and start preaching at everybody. She just didn't go out and do lay hands on people. But she did what was in her hands faithfully, loyally, with honor, being a virtuous woman, a woman of integrity, and her life 
brought the blessings of God on her life where she changed a generation and she's still changing generations because we're part of Christ's lineage now spiritually because he was born through that line. But she just was faithful in what she had. But she could have stopped and said, no, you know what, I'm going with my sis, man. You Christians have too much trials and tribulations. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Man, why you got to go through all that? But the Lord shall deliver you out of them all. God wants us to be committed. God wants us to be changed, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. My challenge today is this. I challenge us. I challenge myself. I'm trying to, I want to be a better person. I want, to, I want next year when we come in, when we, if Jesus doesn't come back, when we blow in 2019, that we can say, thank you, Jesus, that I got to that crossroad, that fork in the road, and I took the right path, and I'm a new person. And guess what? I got some people with me. I got family members come with me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved in who? In thy house. I got family people come with me as we live the life, as we honor him, as we be devoted to him. We need to do that. Hallelujah. So in closing again, through the mercy, through the Lord's mercy, we are not concerned, consumed, but because of his compassions fail not, they're renewed every morning. I'd like to us first to stand. Let's stand. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Andrew, what are you trying to tell me? I'm just, all I'm trying to say is God wants to do great things in our lives. I believe God wants to use every single one of us. Not one of us does he want to use. But we have to take that road of commitment and be intentional saying, I'm going to make a difference this year. I'm going to do a different thing. I'm going to be more aggressive. I'm not going to let things deter me from being the person that I want to be. I'm going to, I'm going to make it to the things that you want me to do. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to listen to your word. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to seek your face because time is running out. The Bible says, teach us to number our days that we might apply our heart to wisdom. If we really, 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 really knew like if Jesus said, I'm coming in three weeks, how much would our lifestyle change? Would it change? If you knew for sure Jesus is coming in three weeks, would you take away some stuff? Would you add some stuff? I believe we would because we love God and we want to be right and we want to do the right thing. So you can play some music if you want. But what I want to do is I want to, what I want to do is I know... Um, some of you guys aren't accustomed to it, but I want to open up the altar this morning and just say, come, and just say, I want to make a fresh commitment to God, saying, God, it's not saying I'm trying to get saved, but I want a different year this year. I don't want to just do the whole hum. I don't want to live a, you know, a life that doesn't make a difference. I want to be committed. I want a heart like Ruth, where I can make a difference in the community and a difference in generations. So what I want you to do is op open up the altar and I say, please come and just pray. Take a little time to pray. We're, we, we got plenty of time. It's only 7 after 11. Come up and just pray. Ask God. Say, hey, God, I just want to, I just want to, I want a fresh start. I want to be renewed in my mind and in my heart. Go ahead and come. 
You come, come up. We'll pray for you. Amen. Go ahead and come. Fresh start. Jesus says, I want to do a new thing. I'll give you a fresh start. I want to have a good year, 2018. I just want to live for you. I just want to serve you. I want to do the best I can. Father, I just thank you, Father, for every person that's come to kneel before you. And I thank you for every person in this church. I pray, God, as they touched their heart earlier, that you did touch their heart. And you'll show us, Father God, in the name of Jesus, what do we need to do, Lord? What do you want us to do, Father? I know the exciting times we're going to work as a church and we're going to love you and serve you. But at the same time, deal with our hearts, Father God. Help us in our hearts, Father. We need you, Lord. We love you. We want to serve you. We want a good heart like Ruth, Father God. One that's committed, that's not going to let nothing stop us. The only thing that will stop us from serving you is death itself. Help us, Father, to be servers and lovers of you, Father. I thank you for everybody in here, and I thank you for this new year that's going to come. And I just pray blessings upon every single one of us in Jesus' name. Um, you are released. Uh, if you want me to, I will, my wife and I will pray. If you need prayer, we'll be happy to pray for you. But um, God bless you. Happy New Year's. Drive safe. Be safe. Amen.